Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Growth Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I am joined by Thomas Erickson author of The Best Seller, um, Surrounded by Idiots, and, and many other bestsellers as well, Surrounded by Psychopaths and many, many more. I'm sure many of my listeners have read the books. I personally have read the books and have been very, very excited about bringing Thomas on, who has worked with some of the biggest companies in the world, including Ikea, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, He's been a lecturer and speaker. He's a behavioral expert. His books have been translated into 60 languages, which tell you something about the huge success he's had. And I'm really, really excited to uh, get some business growth secrets with uh, Thomas and and really dive a bit deeper and and get to know this much, much better. So welcome on. Thank you for coming on. Loved your book. How are you? Thanks for the invitation. Oh, I'm great. It's uh, fantastic to be here. Fabulous, fabulous. So I've just mentioned, obviously, the massive success of the books. You can't go into a shop in the UK without seeing that brand now. Um, I've seen it many, many, many times, and it's absolutely everywhere. So you've had huge success. But what I really love to do, Thomas, is, is, is try and understand the journey that you've been on in terms of becoming that that great author, becoming that speaker, that behavioural expert, you know, how did things start off for you? Where did we where do we start from? Why don't we go back a little bit and find out a bit more about the journey you've been on in your career? It'd be awesome to hear. Okay, well, so I'm an ex banker actually, very boring. I'm not going to talk about that at all. I promise. <laughs> but I was a management consultant for many years after the banking. Uh, period, uh, let's call it. And I was working with uh, behaviors, with uh, day-to-day psychology, leadership, um, coaching, those sort of things. And I was obviously interested in, in personalities, in in behaviors, as I find human beings so fascinating and so hard to understand sometimes. sometimes. Even for me, still, I, I, I struggle with understanding some people that I actually, actually uh, have encounters with, let's say. <laughs> uh, I was working with this tool, uh, this disk profile, which isn't new for, 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 for at all. I didn't invent anything. I only put it in a book. And I, I met this entrepreneur many years ago who was this old school guy. I, I would say late 60s something. And I was 30 plus something. And, and he was surrounded by idiots. He, he, he told me that constantly. Idiots here, idiots there, idiots everywhere. And I said, you know, you, you really don't mean that, do you? You don't mean what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Department A over there, morons, stupid people. Department B over there, nobody understands anything. And Department C don't even get me started. And I said, the only thing that I could come up with was this question, who brought in all the idiots? <laughs> uh, meeting's over. He kicked me out, actually. He said, y- y- you're about to leave now, Sonny. 
I managed to get back into this this uh, man's uh, office, and we started talking. And and he was he he was carrying this feeling around, this emotion of actually being surrounded by it. It's, it's nothing unique with that. We all been in those situations, but he kind of got stuck with me. So when I, after some years, decided to write a book about this specific topic. Uh, I went to Sweden's biggest publishers and I took the idea to them and I said, this is what it's going to be about. It's going to be about behavior. It's going to be in these four colors. It's going to be called Surrounded by Edith and the Cover Design, my own design. And they said, it's the dumbest idea we've ever heard. It's really silly. Forget about the whole thing. Just scrap the whole idea. And I said, why? They said, well, firstly, it's a stupid title. People's gonna get, people are going to get angry, you know. And it's an ugly cover. Don't do it. And I was <laughs> shopping around in all the publishing houses in all of all of Scandinavia, and everybody said, "But no, no." Basically, they told me I was the idiot. That was kind of the story. It's amazing. Right? I'm not good at taking rejections. Well, it was too 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 extreme. I don't know. I I, I don't know. People didn't dare to go in that direction, and I, I'm never being really good at taking rejections. So I I self published the book. I financed the whole thing myself. I had no budget for marketing or advertising or anything. As a consultant, I was driving around with boxes of the book books in in the back of my car, and forcing them onto my clients. You could take ten books, take five, take two, take a book. Mm-hmm. And they looked at it and said, "What is this? A book about idiots? I don't know." And that's how it actually got started. Then I managed to get it into the Swedish airports. And then, boom, like this. Uh, so. It was not an overnight success. I was struggling quite a lot. And, of course, doubting myself quite a lot, as all entrepreneurs do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. You say you don't take rejection well. It sounds like you take it really well because you use it to drive you to beat a path forward, right? Which is, if more people did that, you know, more people would create success, right? Not taking no for an answer by the sounds of things, right? And what is it that made you so persistent? What is it that made you want to get this into the world particularly? Well, I've been working with this tool and with this kind of kind of, of, of issues uh, within the different kinds of organizations for, I would say, well, 15, 20 years at the time. This is, this is actually nine years ago when I published the book first in, in, in Swedish. So it's not new, actually, it isn't. Mm. Uh, but... I could see the impact it had. I did many, many things. And this this particular part of my, my, my business, let's say, it, it really made people listen. It really made people connect. And, and they said, this is interesting. This actually explains quite a lot when it comes to human daily interaction. And I realized if people within corporations and, and, and uh, organizations of different kinds, if they can benefit from this, why not let more people take part of, 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 of the content let's say so when i put the book together i was trying to well i was trying to address as broad of, of an audience as possible not only professionals but also people who could use it you know in their families in in their private lives amongst friends amongst couples so i tried to sort of use this relationship oriented kind of attitude towards the whole thing uh, and i think it worked pretty well yeah it worked very well and i think you know for those people that haven't read the book i think it's a really quite a simple easy read 
And I think that that really is positive because uh, those types of books sometimes can be too complex. And because they're too complex, people can't take to the mm. concepts as well. But I think that actually reading it, it resonates very, very quickly. And everybody knows these types of characters. So why don't we talk a little bit about the characters that you uh, that you outlined, um, you know, and, and, and what those characters look like and give a bit of context just to someone that hasn't read the book. Um, I think that would be really good for people to understand. Sure. Well, it's based on uh, extroversion versus introversion, task orientation versus people orientation, uh, let's say, or relationship orientation. And you get this two by two matrix. And it doesn't tell you everything, but it can describe behaviors. It is not a personality assessment. That's important to, to emphasize. Personalities are, are deeper. You need more things to understand a full personality. So I'm fully aware of that. And I hope most people are by now, too. But you get this two-by-two two matrix. So you get these four basic characteristics, let's say. You had red, yellow, green, and blue. Because of pedagogics, it's easier to remember a color combination than it is to remember numbers or, or letters or, or anything. So the red person is extroverted and task-oriented. Dominant, uh, fast-forward thinking, very decisive, very competitive, you know, very, very straightforward. Some people think they are a bit pushy, which I wouldn't agree with, actually. Uh, so they can be, you know, a little bit in your face because they, they are demanding, you know, bam, 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 fast-forward, you know, everybody's too slow. Then you have the yellow character who's also extroverted, but more of a smiley type because this is a people people's person, let's say. So they are sort of friendly, open-minded, you know, positive, very creative. These are the people who can solve problems you've never heard of. They ask the questions nobody's asking, but they can see everything, you know, in a new perspective. And they are sort of, you know, you can see, they can't always explain what they're up to, but they are, are actually arranging things in, in a super fantastic way. Uh, excellent communicators. People usually like that because they're happy, they are smiling, they are positive. And then you have the other people-oriented uh, uh, character, which is the green one. People-oriented, but introvert, which makes them more calm, more caring, more sharing, very more low-key, let's say, excellent listeners. They really hear what you say. And you know what? They will remember what you said, especially if it was something negative. They will keep this on shelf 1A for eternity. But they won't tell you. You can feel the frostiness on the line, but is there something between us? Do we have a conflict? And they will say, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to go to body language. They are very conflict-avert, very conflict-avert. One thing they hate more than anything are changes. Mm. Who asked for changes, you know? It was better before. Well, maybe it wasn't better before, but it's worse now at least. So let's stay where we are. And then the last character, okay, I'm making fun of all of them a little bit. That's a part of my way to do it. But actually, you can you can recognize this type. And the last one is, of course, the blue one, who is introverted and task-oriented. So here you have yourself an engineer or an accountant, perhaps, or some sort of tax sheriff. Precise, detail-oriented, extremely focused quality about everything. Everything has to be 100% correct, which is, of course, impossible. So they ask questions all the time and they look like this. They are a bit suspicious, you know, very, very detail-oriented. They don't mention details. They would dig themselves to the groundwater. So, and then you have these four basic characters, let's say. Very few people is only one color. Most people are a combination of, let's say, two colors. That's the most common statistically. We have about 50 million 
analysis made to, to, to get some data from. So usually people are two, it could be any combination, uh, but these are sort of the basics. It's like baking a cookie. You need to understand what sugar does. You need to understand how much butter and, and milk and everything. If you understand the basic ingredients, you can also understand the combinations, I would say. Absolutely. And and you said, you know, you're you're making fun a little bit, but that is the thing that actually connects a lot. Um, because as you're explaining it, it's very easy for somebody to be able to imagine a person in their mind. And as you were explaining it, in my mind, I'm picturing individuals. I know I've just had a big team meeting. I said to you outside, right? I've had the whole team in and I know exactly what though and because my understanding of this is is quite deep and i understood this profiling in a big way but i think i really like the simplicity you use in in the explanations and i love the fact that you said people remember the colors because they absolutely absolutely do right and um, that certainly sticks with people i think in a big way uh, so of course i've got to ask you you know what combination do you feel that you are Right. Or do you feel that you are one? In I feel that I am. Well, of course, I, I, sure, sure. I know what combination I am. I've changed a little bit over the years. I have a really high red bar and yeah. really high blue bar. Yeah. Yeah. Equally high. 82%. But then I have quite some yellow in me, quite some yellow, no green at all whatsoever, which, which makes me, generally speaking, a more task-oriented person. On stage, I am very yellow because otherwise it would be boring. It would be too much data. I would be you know, showing Excel sheets and things. And you, you can't do that when you're on stage. You have to tell stories. You have to work on your storytelling and so on. That's how I do my writing as well. You uh, Thank you for the positive feedback. I appreciate it. You said it's, e it's an easy read. That's the hardest struggle to, to phrase all of this into a context, context of which makes people say, ah, that's the way it is. I recognize this guy. I know this guy. I know this guy. That's the hard job because you can write books like this, you know, as I was as going through. You can write these kind of books. I don't do that because, when, you know, what's it called? This, you know, notes, 100 pages of notes. I can't do that because nobody would read it. I yeah. do not write and address <laughs> university professors. And they don't like me at all. I get criticized. You're making it too easy. I understand that. I fully understand I am simplifying things. But what I want to do is to drag people into the whole idea, to in, investigate and to research the field, let's say. I want people to be curious, read another book, and another book, and go to take a lecture and take, a, take an online class. Be curious and stay in there, you know, and, and develop your your ability to communicate and to adapt to different kinds of people. That's what I want to do. And you have to sort of not lower the bar too much, of course not, but you need to make it easy for people to sort of attach to the whole idea. So that, that's that's the tricky part, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you mentioned stage speaking, and, and that is essentially what, what I spend most of my time doing. And, uh, and despite knowing where I sit on that matrix, I am having to bring in language patterns and be able to do all four in order to be able to communicate more with people. And, and I feel that for people that are listening to this, I'd really recommend they go and get the book. And, and I, that's a personal recommendation, not because you're on it, because I've read it. And I think it's a great book um, because I think that people's understanding of, of people can really bring them a lot into their life because essentially everything that everything you want in life that you don't have is going to come from someone else. Well, you've got to be able to communicate True. with other people in order to be able to, to do that, right? 
you know? It's, it, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we don't use this phrase in Sweden, but in English, there's this phrase called, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not I agree. self-made in, in any way. There are no self-made men. The only people who say this are, are the successful ones uh, on top of everything else. Everybody's self-made or no one is self-made. No one has succeeded with anything ever without a lot of other people. It could be your mother. It could be your friends. It could be your co-workers. It could be other entrepreneurs or in, in inspiring people. You know, it could be anything. But you didn't do it on your own. And you need other people. And the better communicator you are, you said it already, but I would like really like to, you know, bring this forward. The better you can communicate with other people, the easier your life's going to be, regardless of where you're heading. It sounds like a cliche. I know that, but it's always going to be the truth. If you can't speak to other people, if you don't understand the other ones, if you think you're surrounded by idiots, then you are you are in deep trouble, mate. You need to actually, you need to pay attention. You need to do this properly. And I made a fool out of myself so many times as a young man. I messed it up completely. You have no idea the mistakes I have done. And it cost me dearly. It cost me friends. It cost me business. It cost me other kinds of relationships until I actually decided this doesn't work. Usually I went too yellow. Yeah. Making, cracking jokes when I should have been all of these things i made probably all the mistakes in the book probably absolutely it's 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 uh it, it it's for me it hasn't been easy uh, so but if i could learn these things anyone can learn these things everybody can be better at communication social skills people skills called whatever and it all starts with understanding yourself it doesn't start with understanding other people. You need to start with yourself and build your self-awareness. That's the main, that's the key point for me to work on my own awareness, I would say. Like if I, if, if I was going to, to London, let's say, for the sake of argument, I'd call my, my, my travel agency up, not that we do that anymore, but let's say that I did. And I said, get me a ticket to Heathrow. And they would say, no problem. And then they would ask me, from where would you like to go? Just imagine, I said, never mind that. Just fix me the ticket. Get me the ticket. Don't be so problem-focused. Get me the ticket. You know, how will they solve it? They won't solve it because you need two dots on the map to connect them. Heathrow, on the other hand, but from where am I coming? Yeah. If you don't have these two dots on the map, you can't connect. The same thing verbally, emotionally, uh, psychologically. You can't connect if you don't know where you are. Like if you meet a green person, as an example. And people say, well, when you meet a green person, you need to do this. Well, it depends. You need to speed up if you're blue, but you need to slow down if you're yellow. So which is it? That's the tricky part. Absolutely. And what you said there about starting with yourself, that's what I like about the book particularly, because you call people out. I think it calls out that actually, how are you behaving? And, and that definitely is where it starts, right? So um, I I totally resonate because I have, I'm very much in, in that red in terms of driving and being fast paced. And, you know, I have other characteristics again, but I totally get that, you know, when you're like that and you're too dom dominating a people, it can really, really uh, allow people to struggle. So in order to get what you want, 
you've got to change first in order to be able to motivate, inspire, allow other people to be able to and speak in their language, basically, the way that they receive. Um, so taking that personal responsibility for a business owner is vital. Uh, taking that level of responsibility, you say, you know what, um, everything in this business, and I, this is something that I share with entrepreneurs, everything in your business is what you've created. And if you don't like what you see, you know, you have to take that first responsibility and say, well, I created it. I hired those people. I made those decisions. And, some of, and, and a lot of people just don't do that. And then they run into a lot of problems down the line because they want to, that blame culture. But looking at yourself first, changing what you do and then communicating with others um, can really change things. The example that you gave of the person, uh, the, you know, the person in their 60s running the business, you know, I meet I meet people with teams and businesses where it's the same message again and again and again. But what the problem often is, is people get so in the weeds and the dirt and in the day to day of running that business, they never leave their head. And what you mentioned earlier was leadership. So I'd be really interested to hear how you apply these concepts to leadership. That I think would be a really good insight for some of the audience. How do you look at it in that way? Right. Well, for me, uh, it's, this is a huge word for me, for, for all people who have tried, everybody who has ever tried, there's a huge difference between being a leader and being a manager, let's say. Managing is easy. That's about writing business plans, you know, and time management and all of that stuff. But leadership is complicated and it's getting getting more, more and more complicated uh, as, as the world evolves, I would say. People's demands are quite high these days, which is, you just have to go along. You just have to sort of challenge yourself there. Uh, when it comes to leadership, it's always going to be a communication process. Being a manager is easy. Being an entrepreneur is easy. That's that's the entrepreneur is the you know who's spraying new ideas all over the place and is you know sort of uh, digging into new markets and inventing stuff and all of that. You need managers to keep control of things to keep things in good order, but you need leaders to sort of lead the troops. I'm only interested and focused on the interaction between human beings. So that's my basic focus. I could give you a class in 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 time management, but it bores me out completely because you have to do that anyway. So, but when it comes to leadership, communication will always be the most essential key, I would say. If you're going to lead a red person, you need to know how to express yourself because if you treat him or her the same way as you treat a yellow one, you're going to lose them completely. You have to be straightforward. You know, you have to sit down, you know, don't ask about the family. Don't care. You don't care about the cat or the dog or the car. Forget about it. You know, when will you deliver? Bam, like this. Well, Thursday, 11 o'clock. Okay, bam, don't be late. No, I won't. You know, mm, quick meeting. <laughs> Why is the meeting one hour long? Who decide that? That's a really silly idea. Why? Well, because Outlook suggests, well, F outlook, who cares? 15 minutes. Now, that's a good meaning, you know, for the red person. For a yellow person, you have to smile. You have to, you know, make some jokes. You have to ask them about their family. How's their kids, you know? What about your new boat? Are you going to the summer house this morning? This is the summer, you know? Or how do you feel on Friday? What are you going to do during the weekend? You have to start with these things. Not with the rest, but you have to with the yellows. And the greens, you have to keep it down, you know. How are you? Are you feeling good? Stressed? No? Can I do something for you? And for blue people, you know, you have to give them the Excel sheets and the planning and everything. <laughs> These are just completely basics. The, the trick with being a leader 
for a team is because you will probably most likely have all the colors in the room at the same time. That's yeah. the, the challenge here, because you need to address reds, yellows, greens and blues, and usually the combinations, probably red and yellows, red and blues, blues and greens, greens and yellows. Usually it goes like this in the matrix. And so you have to find a way to address all of them at the same time without losing anyone's interest. That's why so many people say, my manager is really lousy. He's not, he, he or she is not a leader. He's more of a boss, you know. I can't listen to him or her because if you have one tone of voice, you will lose the majority. So you have to use a huge variety of, of, of ways to, to address the team at the same time. That is one of the reasons why leadership is so complicated. It's not enough to paint your vision on the wall and say, we are, you know, going for, we're going to conquer the world. Yeah, well, please do. But how? Someone will go and ask you, what is supposed to be done here? That's the, that's the red guy. The yellow people, we know, who's going to be in the team? Am I on the team? Who's going to, who am I going to work with? The greens ones would like to know, how is this going to be, go about, you know? We're not in a hurry now, are we? Is there a plan? And the blue one's major question would be, why? Why is this a good idea in the first place? So you need to address all of these things at the same time. So right. I understand why leaders are struggling, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the value you just gave in, in that short talk is if, if somebody is listening and they are managing a team, you know, maybe even re-listen to that because – there's so there's actually so much good advice in how you can communicate and communicate a team meeting, which for a lot of people is a big challenge. And and you know what? Because it's a challenge, people don't do it, and then it gets worse, and they wonder why it got worse, right? Sure, they take this uh, this class, they go to this master class. They could be sent from there from the CEO to to some some uh, some training. You know, they would probably very soon sort of go back to be themselves because changing yourself is really hard. The main issue here is changing other people is impossible. You will never change anybody else. That's 100% impossible. You can change yourself if you can motivate yourself, if you actually have a good enough reason, then you can do it. But it's always going to be hard work. The benefits, I mean, the ramifications are totally awesome, but you have to put in the work. I mean, this is what I do. This is what I do when I mentor leaders and entrepreneurs all over Europe. They are, if you have a, you could be running a billion pound uh, business, they will still be struggling with interpersonal connections mm. because it's just on a higher level, but still people will be different. The same issues, if you scratch the surface a little bit, I, I don't understand Howard over there or Mary over there. This is, you know, surrounded by this. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, that's why I wrote the book. Wrote the book surrounded by bad bosses and lazy employees. That's that's a sequel to. I haven't actually read that. Actually, well, tell, tell us a little no, bit. No. I've read the, the the main one as we mentioned, but tell us a little bit yeah. about the bad bosses. <laughs> the bad bosses. Well, that's actually that's actually a British inspiration for the book because, firstly, I said to myself, well, after the. Well, you call it success with surrounded by leaders, so thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's it, it's a bit surreal, honestly. Yeah. I have to admit, still, but I'm happy. But 
as I was a management consultant, I was lecturing on the topic of leadership. Leadership is my main game. That is where I'm coming from. So I use all these things mainly from a leader's perspective. And I said to myself, well, why not write a book specifically about leadership? And as I like to sort of uh, make people angry, why not call it Surrounded by Lazy Employees? That, that's a great title now, isn't it? So I wrote a book. This is how you lead people using different tools, set of, set of new set of skills, and, and the Kallis is one of them. Then I actually saw this documentary about Margaret Thatcher. I'm not going to talk about politics. <laughs> but I saw this documentary about Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady, and it, she fascinates me in a way. She she was going for a re-election, and she went to this political advisor, and he said, "Last time you forgot about the unemployed. Don't they count for ten percent of your voters, or or of the voters? Let's call them. Don't forget about those, the unemployed." And she said, "Well, good piece of advice." Then she went to another guy, and he said, "The rest of them are ninety percent." So she went for those people instead. If that's a good decision, that's not the point. But the point is this, when you look at an organization, you have obviously around, roughly speaking, 10% team leaders, managers, bosses, CEOs, whatever. And then you have 90% everybody else. And then I had a book about leadership. So I was thinking, why not address the bigger public here, the bigger audience, and write a book about the bosses themselves? Of course, the bad bosses. It's the red book, <laughs> actually. So I wrote about how is it to be led when your manager is trying to do all these things to you? What is it that leaders today is trying actually to do to you as an employee, as a staff member? And then I had two books, one about leading and one about being led. So I, of course, I put them together. So that's actually two books for the price of one. So how would you go and get it? Get it? No, but that, it, it turned out really well. I'm quite proud of that book. You can read it from two sides actually, and understand, ah, because as with all communication, if only the leader is trying to do all the work, it's not going to work. You need your staff members to actually also sort of participate in the process. You need your your people to understand the leadership processes. They need to understand the communication process as well. If you have a team of sales guys or sales people, they will probably mostly be, guess what color? Yes, yellow. Probably 70% of the sales organizations here in Scandinavia are yellow, even though, mainly speaking, 25, 26% of the population in general are yellow. But, anyways, yellow people like to talk, so salespeople, <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. But if you're going to lead this, this team of yellow, happy, creative guys, you know, who can't find their papers and never fill in the reports <laughs> the right way and all of these things. If you're going to lead them, it's good if they understand that they are good at talking about bad at writing, for example. They can't remember the phone number to people. They won't use, you know, uh, the sales management system. They won't use this. They don't read instructions. But if they understand who they are and they understand what you were trying to teach them, then you can work together and make the sales team much, much more efficient if you know what to do and if they understand what you're up to. So that's kind of the main game here, to, to make everyone in the team, small or big, a part of the process. There you have the real benefit for any kind of tool that you use, I would say. Oh, yeah, huge. Because if the whole team can come together, work together, then you've, uh, 
it's not just one brain and lots of limbs it's multiple brains driving together right so it can make a a, a tremendous impact for for sure and look you, you know you mentioned the successes of the books and you mentioned selling these books out of your boot initially because you had an idea that you wanted to progress with uh, now being in every airport every wh smith you know you can't you can't not see this book wherever you go just want to ask like how does it feel to go through that transition of being where you were to creating that you know and how, how do you how do you feel now and how did you feel actually when you were struggling and how and how does that feel now you've persevered you know adam that is of course the right question how does it feel my schedule is so busy so i, I don't usually that's that's the downside to to being red and blue mostly i don't stop <laughs> to feel that much yeah. I like to keep myself busy. I think I'm onto something positive. I think I'm helping people. That makes me happy. Yeah. I'm thrilled to receiving thousands of emails each year where people say, thank you. How fascinating. I knew that was kind of the problem. Now I have a now I have a sort of a, a roadmap to deal with. Could be my husband, could be my boss, could be my employees, could be my 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 buddy, my neighbors. Now I understand why we get along so well and these people are struggling all the time. Thank you. And the, what fascinates me so much, you mentioned that the book is translated into close to 60 languages. That's that's really that's super surreal for me. I am actually the most translated Swedish author still alive, which is, it's hard to wrap my head around. The thing is this, I get I get feedback from all over the globe from New Zealand, from the UK, from Poland, from Denmark, from Canada, from India, from Indonesia, from, you know, South Africa, literally all the continents, all positive. And everybody says the same thing. Yes, that's the way it is. Now I get it. I did not know this when I started this. I thought there were bigger differences between, you know, part, different parts of the world. I, I actually did. Maybe that was a stupid idea. Probably was. But the notion is people are very, very similar when you come to an individual basis. The culture differs, of course it does. Mm. There's a difference between uh, the UK and Sweden, of course there is. We can learn from that. But you and I, we can talk using the colors because you're mostly red and I am some red. So I can sort of turn that up and turn down the blue part because that would bore you completely. We can <laughs> do that on an individual level. And I can talk to a guy from, you know, from, I don't know, from Russia or from, 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 from Ukraine. And I can make them talk if you take out the politics and the horror on an individual level. They will find, oh, you kind of like me, you know. That's the, the beauty of it. Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, I, I, that makes me feel really, really good. That's my most thing you're proud. That's of. my my most yes, that too. My most my, my strongest emotion when it comes to feeling when it comes to all this is it. It yes, it feels good. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm happy. Awesome. I think that I'm doing some good in the world. Some at least. And you mentioned <laughs> about the culture and uh, from Sweden versus. Um, versus UK almost. I had a uh, a guy that worked uh, very closely with me and he had a saying from Sweden, you know, a, a word that's very popular out there that he just said non-stop. I'm sure you can guess what it is. Do you What's think? It's a log on. No, uh, Sisu. That is the Swedish what? one. Sisu? Sisu. Ah, Sisu. That's a Finnish word, actually. Oh, we use it in Sweden as well. 
<laughs> the word is actually not, you know, but a lot of Swedes use it because we know what it means. It means sort of, uh, sort of uh, stamina, sort of, you know, grit, you know, Caesar. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just mm, dig yourself down into the ground or just do the hard work, you know. But it's actually a Finnish word. Oh, but right. Sweden and Finland, we're close names. You picked it up in Sweden, which I thought was really interesting. So, look, I've just got one other uh, question for you. I think it's been an amazing uh uh, amazing interview. I think there's so much here for people to be able to to learn from in terms of understanding people, communicating. Um, but really wanted to ask if, if there was someone listening that would be an aspiring author, somebody that wanted to get a book into the market, and at some point, you know, what maybe three or four pieces of advice would you have for somebody like that that wanted to write a book to, to you know further their brand or to build their business or so just because they feel like they've got a story they want to sell what sort of pieces of advice might you give somebody like that mm-hmm. i see i see well there is a couple of things to 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 consider the eye of the needle is really really tiny really small close to invisible when it comes to traditional publishing to get over the threshold or I mean, just to get into the room when it comes to traditional publishing houses, it has never been harder than it is today. Uh, no, you don't have to, to, to use these uh, systems. You can self-publish and you can do marketing online yourself. When it comes to the writing itself, you need CISO. <laughs> you need perseverance. <laughs> writing a book is it's bloody hard work technical term it's like going over the atlantic ocean you know in a really really small boat and you're on your own and you're gonna you're gonna doubt yourself basically every day Isn't it if you th- That's it's crazy. completely crazy why 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 people are writing books i don't understand that because it, it it's too many hours unpaid it takes me about I'm logging my work these days, about 1,200 hours to write one book, including research and rewriting and editing and, 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 and all of these things. 12, that's sort of a half, half a year in working hours, really. But I'm constantly traveling and, and you know, doing these kind of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically writing at nights, basically, or with super early mornings, 4 o'clock in the morning, these kind of things. It suits my, my personality quite well, though. But you have to... I'm going to go the Simon Sinek way here and say, you need to understand why you do it. I'm going to write a bestseller. That's not a good enough reason, because if that was an easy thing, everybody would write bestsellers. So you can't aim for the bestseller. What you have to do is to find a really, really good reason. What is your message? What is it that you actually try to put on these papers? What's your advice? What's your journey? What's your what's your message here? Is it is your wife strong enough? I had this basic idea about writing about things that will connect people, and I had all of it in here. So I made it easier for myself, and I used my, my lecturing skills to, to write the book and so on. So maybe I was a bit lucky there, perhaps, and I would probably do it a little bit different today, which some people say, no, 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 don't change anything. <laughs> but but you, know you, you, you need to know... You, you, sorry? It makes for good books because you're speaking and it's conversational, right? And when somebody opens that that page, they are having a conversation to a degree with you, right? It's just a one-to-one conversation. And I think it's definitely yeah, yes. definitely seen that way, right? 
Well, yes, thank you. If I had been published or been uh, taking on board on you know one of the bigger publishers, they would have edited me in a different way. I'm pretty sure. So maybe the book actually wouldn't have been as as, uh, as such an easy read as it is. But but anyways, but still going back to the grit thing, you really need to understand the hard labor that you have to put in the process. You need to understand what it is like, and you need to schedule things. You need to block time, at least write a page per day. One page is more than no page. Half a page. One paragraph is more than one sentence. One sentence is more than, you know, no words whatsoever. Step by step, slowly but surely. I would recommend reading uh, Atomic Habits by James uh, Clear, I think, which is another huge runaway bestseller. That book helps you to write a book by yourself because it's all about building really, really strong, let's say, habits that works for you. I remember reading the the habits and then you can write. Have you ever read that? Which is very similar about the creation of habits. But it's so interesting what you said because I've written a few books that were popcorn books, really, self-published stuff, um, not really my heart in it. But actually I have... um, a published book being released um, very soon that I have sitting Ooh. on my desk, right? And I, I just want to reference what you just said. Now, now you have to send me a copy. You, you understand that, right? <laughs> I say, <laughs> it was- I'm waiting for my personal uh, personal uh, copy with an autograph. You can, but that that I am somebody that doesn't suffer from self doubt ever, right? But right okay. in that, good right on you. That book, no, but writing that book, it is it has unlocked something in me that I'm not used to having, because it's so weird. Why does that writing a book have that effect on people? It's so strange, isn't it? Because it really does, doesn't it? It makes people go, oh, you know, you. And I think maybe that yeah, is but- really unlocks that perfectionism in someone, doesn't it? I think. Is that what it unlocked with with yeah, you? Yeah, Perfection. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it. You polishing and polishing and polishing. Yeah. It could be over. It could be. It could be over polished also and over edited and overthinked and everything. Yeah. The, the thing is, go with you. Go with your gut feeling. I mean, if it works for you, it's going to work for a lot of other people as well. Even though you might not reach, you know, I don't know, a million sold books. That's kind of unusual still. But if you think this is good, a lot of other people will also believe it to be good. That's just the way it is. So That's interesting. you have to start with that. Don't plan your, your, your online activities until you have the damn book on your desk. Because, <laughs> you know, writing ads for a book that doesn't exist, that's just a waste of time. You have to write the book and you have to get some feedback and you have to get a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth opinion on, on, on the manuscript. And you need to listen to people. If some say it's too much of this and some say, no, it's too little, then it's probably good. You know, um, I have, I'm carrying this idea around writing a book about writing books. I have a title. I'm not going to tell you, so don't ask. I have a title. <laughs> it's really, it's really, it's really, uh, uh, irritating probably for most people mostly for for published authors but i think i'm going to do it sometime somewhere in time i don't know sounds like you should for sure yeah yeah so so what i'm what am i saying here find your why use as much grit and stamina as you possibly can sisu 
and and just go along with it. Yeah. It's easier to do, do this raw manuscript and put it in a drawer and read it after four or five weeks than to fiddling with each and every page. Write a whole in one kaboom if you can, and then put it aside, and then you reread it and rewrite it and re-edit it. Because if you don't have 100% on paper, there's nothing to edit because you have to edit it 10 times. I still edit my things 10 times, awesome. probably. No, because I'm, I am a perfectionist, the blue bar there, you know, sorry. <laughs> well, look, it's I, a struggle. <laughs> I, really, I really, really loved um, uh, our conversation today, Thomas. I think it's been amazing. And there's a lot of value there for people. Not only have we discussed communication, personalities, team meetings, relationships, uh, book writing, authoring, persistence, grit. There's so much in this episode. So I want to say a big thank you for uh, for coming on for sure. Um, been incredible. Uh, go and check out uh, Thomas's uh, book, uh, Surrounded by Idiots. He's got many other books as well, uh, which are absolutely incredible. I personally would recommend that one. I've read it. I think it's a fantastic read, and I think it would help a lot of people. So, you know, go and find that on Amazon or wherever is best for, maybe on your website. So, Do you have a website people could go and find out more about you, or is it? Surroundedbyidiots.com. Okay, easy to on. remember. So com. Fabulous. Thank you again. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've been listening to this uh, podcast and you've been enjoying, uh, take just two minutes, one tap of the thumb to go over and give us a five-star review if you've been enjoying the podcast or share this with somebody that could get some real value. Perhaps you know a business owner that needs to hear this or you know somebody that in a relationship or a friend or a family member that could really do with the motivation. So go and share this episode with somebody else. That's how we spread the message to help more people, help more business owners succeed with Business Growth Secrets. Thank you again, Thomas. It's been amazing. Love speaking to you. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.